on Sturdy for 30, we're going to preview the Illinois exhibition game. Second exhibition game, they'll be taking on the Indiana, Pennsylvania. I don't even know. Ked, what's their nickname? Do you know? I don't know. I was hoping you were going to say Hoosiers but for a second. <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm, ready. I'm ready for some basketball, Sturdy. <laughs> I'm ready, too. Indiana, Pennsylvania. So, ironically, Ked, here's a, here's a funny story. I used to go to California, Pennsylvania, um, to uh, to work the uh, Metro Index basketball camps when I was in my 20s. I used to go out there every summer and uh, work the Metro Index camps at California University in Pennsylvania and uh, got to see some pretty good dudes back there, back then, and coached some of them. So that's pretty fun. So, but anyway, that's, uh, that, that's a story for another day. But how about this game, Ked? What do you think? It's almost a sellout. We're almost a sellout for an exhibition game. We got the ring ceremony. Pretty hyped for basketball. I think what's what I'm happy about is the fans, the enthusiasm. Um, you know, last I saw the email I got, they were 400 tickets away from a sellout. I mean, how amazing is that for an exhibition basketball game? You can tell the fans are hungry for a winner, hungry to see some exciting basketball. It's another Friday night game, and I'm just I'm happy for the fans. I really. I know last week it was so cool to watch Coach Underwood. He went out there two, I know twice, and I thought maybe I missed one three times to thank the fans for coming and the and the orange crush. And you know the the basketball team deserves it because they put in a lot of work. Um, COVID a couple of years ago, you know, took the tournament of birth away from them, and I'm just really excited for them to get back out there in front of the home crowd and you know, and have the orange crush go crazy. And just to see some good basketball. I want to see some things different this week that I didn't see last week, hopefully. So I'm excited for tomorrow night. Yeah, me too. So they are the Crimson Hawks. The Crimson Hawks uh, okay. is the name of the team. So, and now here, Coach Underwood is really like, uh, you know, hyping these guys up and you often think, well, they're Division Two, whatever. But I want to tell you, they are ranked 18th in the poll preseason they have been ranked in the preseason poll 13 consecutive years, and they're predicted to win their um, conference in Division Two. So this is a, this is not. I'm not saying they're a great team, you know, at a Division One level, but they're a quality team, um, and they're a team that's going to do some good things. They got some guys with a little bit of size. Um, they got some guys who Division One kids who transferred from Division One schools. Um, came to Division Two, so at least it'll be a, it'll be much more competitive than the last game, I think. Yeah, I don't want to see a fifty-point game before halftime. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was good to see them out there, and you're right. And I I do like the fact that Coach Underwood is trying different styles. You know, people, yeah, you know, St. Francis was an NAI school, but they're predicted, you know, to to do well in their conference and they're one of the top teams in the country. So it's not like they're they're just playing Division Two and Division three schools who are bad, like you mentioned, they're playing good quality programs. Who will make it only work to do some things? Because you know, you know, let's face it, this is their season. But then they come out and play on a Big Ten floor in front of all those fans, and they're going to compete. And I, 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 I like that, and I'm glad to see Coach Underwood try different styles because you see some different styles in the Big Ten, and you have to be able to do things differently um, each week. I know last weekend. Uh, last week when they played, I mean, uh, St. Francis was more of a Princeton-style offense. So you kind of get that with Northwestern a little bit. So I'm looking to see them um, do some things that hopefully some teams in the Big Ten or the non-conference teams do. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, that's what you want to do. You're prepping. I mean, these games are for prep. Obviously, it's to get these guys in front of 15,000 fans as well. But it's to, to prep, to learn how to game prep, too. You've got three freshmen who've never really done this before with game prep. You've got Alfonso Plummer and Omar, Omar Payne who've never done game prep the way Illinois does game prep. You know, they've been in different leagues, different ways to do things. So I think you're – there are a lot of this now. They're doing a little. They've done a little scouting on this team. They're actually going to go through. A, they may actually run an offense instead of just you know kind of run up and down the floor. So it'll be a little bit different um, than what we saw last week. I think. Yeah, and you know what I, I you know I did a couple other radio shows this week, and people were asking me, you know, if I could see something different, and not that I was disappointed. I want to see Andre Palmer just get hot and go off. I want the fans to see that because that's something we've all talked about and the whole coaching staff has talked about. You know, he didn't, you know, I think he only attempted two or three threes and he did score because he got to the basket. I want to see him play really, really well offensively. And I want to see some more offensive output from from, from Payne. I know it's there. And because getting him comfortable, the sooner they, they get him comfortable, the better it's going to be for the team long term. So these are games when you can do those things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at these guys. I don't know if 15 guys – maybe 15 guys will play, but it won't be that many minutes. I think you'll see more uh, guys play more. You know, Omar Payne only played eight minutes in that first exhibition. Um, so I think he's going to get a few more minutes in this one, um, you know, and I as they prepare. Now, as we know, we've talked about this, you know, on the boards. We've seen it on Twitter. We've seen all over – Underwood addressed it today. It, they're looking at probably going to start the season without Kofi Coburn in the middle. Um, we don't know how long. We don't know if it's one game, two games, four games, eight games. I don't know. I don't have any. We don't really know yet how long it's going to be. Right. But it sounds like it's going to be something. And, uh, you know, if it's one or two games, you're kind of like, whatever. You know, once you get into that third game against Marquette, and then you get into maybe the Arkansas game in game five, that's when you start thinking – Hey, we need Kofi back. So, uh, you know, it's going to be big to see what Omar Payne does you, just because you may be playing without Kofi for a few games. Yeah, and that's going to be something different. I mean, for not just the fans, the coaching staff, you know, the media, everybody, because he's been that dominant force in the middle. What I really hope to see if that happens, if, you know, the key word is if, again, he's not that many games. If Omar Payne and Coleman Hawkins is asked to play some five, I like to see some growth. I want to see some growth out of them and that they continue to grow, you know, because they're going to be given an opportunity. Because like you said, you know, Coach Underwood said, there's probably going to be some kind of consequence. How long? None of us know. We can all sit and speculate with all rumors. But, you know, this is a chance for them to showcase and prove to them that, hey, we are deep. Because that's all we've talked about this whole non-conference season and offseason was how deep they are. Now they're going to have a chance to prove it. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned Coleman Hawkins, and I really thought he was impressive in the exhibition. I think he really fits well as a guy who can play some four. And now that he's stronger with his length and, and his ability, I think he can play the five and, and be like a stretch five where he can step out, shoot the three, pull the other defender away from the basket. Now you run a pick and pop with he and Curbelo. It was a pick and roll with Painter Coburn. Now you've got a pick and pop with Coleman. And Curbelo's going downhill with like four guys spotted up around the perimeter. Man, you, you I, I like that too. You know, I think there's a lot of good things that they can do with Coleman at the five. So do I. You know, the thing I don't think he gets credit for, he gets his hands on a lot of block balls. He deflects a lot of passes. And I think if he ever gets a lot of substantial, a lot of minutes, I can honestly tell you, I think people are going to be surprised 
you know, how well he is, you know, as far as, the, you know, defending, you know, the post. On the perimeter yet, I'm still looking to see some of that, you know, because there's times when he's out there guarding guys that are 6'2". You know, as good as we think he is, that's still tough for a 16 kid. But, you know, his ability to, to block shots and to rebound and the amount of minutes he gets, I love. Yeah, I think he's got some – I think long-term there's a lot of potential there for um, for Mr. Hawkins. I think he's going to be a good player. And we also saw, you know, Austin Hutcherson, good game from him in the first uh, first outing, um, showed some stuff. Yeah. Um, it's good to see that finally. I mean, you know, I, I just – I'm happy to see the kid who's sat out for two years finally get on the court because you, you and I have both seen him practice, and we've seen what we can what he can do. Now you actually get to see him – on the court in a game, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I tell you what, I I talked to the media day, and he mentioned the fact that he was he might be nervous, and I was kind of nervous myself because you know, let's face it, all summer I hyped that kid up all summer, and when he got in, <laughs> when he got in the game, he didn't he he didn't look rusty, he didn't look nervous. He came in and scored right, you know, scored right away. He looks like he fits he fits in right away, and he has been in the program. That's something people should not take for granted and forget it. he has been around for a couple of years and knows the system and knows the kids. And if he can shoot it as well as he did last week and, you know, and, and defend and rebound, it's just, I'm not saying he's aisle, but he's another guy that can give you 13 or 14 points easily. Yeah. And, and no question. I, I think Hutcherson's a, a valuable piece uh, for Illinois with his ability to shoot the ball, his athleticism. We saw that on display um, the other day. Um, Ken, Trent Frazier is, you know, a defensive just menace. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to hard to um, d- define him as a defender because he is just wreaking havoc with the other team's offense. I mean, they have a hard time running sets. They have a hard time using ball screens. They have a hard time. Uh, basically, you can't pass the ball around him. He's going to get a deflection. He gets steals. He's in there. He's always digging. Just a, a very impressive guy on the defensive end of the floor. Even when he doesn't make shots, he's extremely valuable. He played the passing lanes wonderfully last week. I know Coach Underwood has told us multiple times he's a tough guy to screen. I really saw that last Friday. And what I I don't want to take away from the growth because not that this is a bad thing, but I think people should they're going to be surprised at how much more aggressive he is on the offensive end this year. You know, he deferred to Iowa a lot, which was understandable. But I last Friday, I saw a guy coming down. He looked like the Trent when he was a freshman sophomore. The shots didn't fall, but he looks more like a, of a complete player, and he still takes pride in, in that the, on the defensive end of the court. I mean, he was getting deflections, like you mentioned, taking the plan, passing lanes away, looking to take charges, talking on the court, telling the young guys, you know, where they need to be. He's finally getting the credit that he deserves, and – to be an all-defensive player. I mean, we saw it for years at Illinois, and there was years where he got snubbed, but now some people have him as one of the top two or three defenders in the country, and it's justifiable now. Yeah, I think Trent's uh, in a different role now. You know, Iowa was a guy who took a lot of shots, and he was a volume scorer, and he took a lot of shots, and not saying he wasn't efficient, but his jo- he shot the ball, even though he had assists. Now I think Bello is a different type of point guard. Bello will score some, but he's going to be a guy who really distributes – so Trent's going to get more shots, more opportunities on offense, um, and have right. a chance to convert. So I think that's a good thing. Ken, what are your thoughts on the three freshmen? I, I think the three freshmen, they're, they're all a little different. Yeah, the way I think they kind of played out the way I thought. 
I think Luke Goody right now is looks like the guy most ready to play minutes. R.J. Melendez looks like he has the most upside. And I think Podzemski is just really valuable as a guy who can come in, knock down shots, but also he's a guy who really knows how to play with a good high basketball IQ and understands the game. He can play multiple positions in the backcourt. You know, the key thing you said is, is that they all bring something different to the table. And the, a lot of them, they're about the same size. And the thing is, Luke is ahead of them right now. And, and, and that's no brainer. We saw that in the, in the scrimmage practice. You know, Coach Underwood said during the press conference last week, he had the uh, last, last couple of weeks, he's been tremendous in practice as well. Um, RJ was the last scholarship player to get in the game last Friday, but managed to put in nine quick points and three rebounds and a steal. And the guy who I really think, and I, I love all the freshmen, but I think um, Brandon is such a good scorer. And at some point in time when he gets loose, he's going to be a tough matchup for a lot of people because let's face it, when Brad Underwood was at Stephen F. Austin, he loves shooters and his roster is full of them. And a kid like Brandon, to me, is he just, he makes it rain, if you will. So yeah. I, I, I hope and, and I hope this kid, you know, it works out for him. And I know they played him as a point guard a little bit. Um, I know that's not his natural position, but I, they all bring something to the table. And I just hope they stay with it and, and not, you know, get discouraged because there's a lot of older guys ahead of them. But those guys are going to be gone next year. Yeah, with with patience, you know, you know they're going to lose – you know, DeMonte Williams, who we haven't even we haven't even mentioned in this podcast, Trent Frazier, Alfonso Plummer, they're all gone. Probably, you know, it's very possible Andre Curbelo and Kofi Coburn are gone. I mean, so you're looking at a lot of open playing time next year for these guys. So hopefully they stay patient, stay the course, and, uh, you know, take advantage of some of that uh, opportunity for playing time in the coming years. But I also think their guy, you know, and I, I think you agree with me, they're guys who can help in certain situations this year. Uh, and oh, they're just going to get better as the year goes on. Oh, without a doubt. And and, and, it, and it depends on teams. And I tell you what, if you see a lot of teams zone them early, which I would never zone Illinois to begin with just because I think the zone offense that they run is is great. I like how he puts a guard in the high post. And if teams from non-conference decide to do that, you're – you're going to see a lot of those shooters out there. You see Plummer. I expect to see, you know, Brandon out there look a little bit more. So I'm just really, really excited about the future of the program, the direction that it's going. And from a recruiting standpoint, they're still looking to to build the same kind of roster, you know, that they have right now. Yep, totally agree, Ked. So we're excited about Illinois basketball. It's going to start at 7 o'clock on Friday night, October 29th, second exhibition game against uh, Indiana. Pennsylvania, not Indiana Hoosiers, Indiana, Pennsylvania, <laughs> different team. The, what did I say? They're the Crimson Hawks, Crimson oh. Hawks. And they'll be in, they'll be in the state farm center, Illinois. And of course, we're also excited at six 40, about 20 minutes before the game. We're going to have the ring ceremony where they're going to be in a, you know, they're going to be giving out, you know, the rings from last year, hanging the banner for big 10 tournament champions. Um, so I, I think that's exciting too, to kind of celebrate and put a cap on last season. I'm excited about that too, but I tell you what, you know, I can't wait to see the, the, the pictures on social media and our friends, the blue and gold uh, from Michigan, see those pictures when they <laughs> post up that they won the Big Ten tournament. I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I think that's healthy and I think that's good for college basketball. So, but anyway, yeah, you're right. I, I think that's an amazing thing that they did last year and 
uh, to win the Big Ten tournament. It's been a long time since Illinois celebrated anything, so it's well-deserved. Hopefully it's the first of many banners that Brett Underwood's going to hang during his tenure at the University of Illinois. All right, we got Kendrick Prince, Brad Sturdy signing off, Sturdy for 30. Hope to see you at the game. Ked and I will both be in attendance on Friday night, checking out the Illini, and we'll be uh, hopefully see some uh, exciting basketball. I know I'm excited about basketball, and then, of course, we'll have more after the game with our post-game podcast, and then we'll get ready for Rutgers on Saturday in football. So never ends for the Illini guys here. Kedrick Prince, Brad Sturdy, thanks for listening.